Yeah, it's like the heir apparent, but it's the heir responsible. Wow, that makes sense. <laughs> Welcome back to This is a Terrible Place to Live. It is a terrible place. Oh, I messed up. We'll leave it in. That's what we do. I was trying to have some banter right off the bat. I was saying it is a terrible place to live. And then I cut you off. I'm sorry. I'm David. I'm here too. It's gotten to be more of a terrible place to live since, you know, I'm stuck here. But it feels like I've been in a posh cell, like at a rich person prison. <laughs> not that I'm rich, but like, it's no, nice. I, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. People in rich people per- in prison aren't always rich. Yeah. They've just done rich people crimes. See, I, I got to do some of those. That's probably like the best place to be during quarantine at a prison. Although I've actually, Unless you're getting I've, lots of new prisoners. I've heard That'd that, be bad. I've heard that um, prisons have had a very high death rate from COVID-19, so I don't think that would be a very good place to be right now. Well, I mean, like in like solitary confinement or something, you know? Or like Guantanamo Bay, where it's like only like the worst of the worst get in there. So like on an island, you know? More secluded, more... Yeah. Isolated. Is Guantanamo Bay on an island? I think it is. It sounds like it would be. I am I am not the person to ask that question. I do not know. I, I thought you'd have been there, John. That seems like a place you'd frequent. I'm not um, up to date on my prison lore. We talked about Shawshank last time. We should know everything <laughs> about prisons. Yeah, I don't even know if that's a real prison. Is that a real prison? Like, that's how bad I am on I can look it up. I mean, I don't know much that's what the internet's for. The prison system, so... I know that it's uh, where okay. they keep bad people. That's something. Um, I'm really just trying to stall so I can find out if it's real. Um, no, it's a fictional prison. Okay, I, I kind of thought it was alleged to be in the state of Maine, but it's not real. But okay. it, they did build it, and you can tour it. Wow. Did they build it in the state of Maine? I don't know where they built it. Probably, I guess, Los Angeles. But... I would guess LA, but <laughs> you never know. That's surprising. I didn't... That's something that I found really interesting recently, like how much of like sets they have to actually build. Um, I was thinking about that because I recently watched 1917. It's really good. Um, I still haven't seen it, but yeah. But I was like reading some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, um, like interviews with Sam Mendes and stuff, and he was saying that they built, like, pretty much... They had all of the trenches that they're running through for a substantial portion of the movie just, like, actually built, which is insane to me. Like I did see some of the behind-the-scenes, and, like, yeah, they did a lot of practical trenches, yeah. So there's just this field in England that's filled with World War One trenches, Um 
that <laughs> I mean enough movies use trenches like that that I bet I bet that'll get used again. Yeah, they had very specific parameters for this one though cuz like it had to be the trench had to be exactly the length of how long the shot was going to be. Right, cuz it was a um, one take thing, yeah. Yeah. I have a question. Now since you've seen 1917, is the one take thing just a gimmick? No. Like do you think it adds to the film? Oh, definitely. Um because I'm not a huge fan of one take everything. I like like long takes, but I'm not a huge fan of the idea of like doing the whole film in one take. I I am. I think it really like helps you like be there with the characters, makes it more like intimate, you know what I mean? Even if it in this movie it's like kind of grand at like certain points, uh, the stuff in the trailer where he's like running through the battlefields and all that. But like um it makes it feel like you're there with him on this journey. Um I don't know. I thought it was really well done. Um, that and Birdman are the other one. The other yeah, one that comes Birdman's to mind. Birdman's the other one that I know of that does that. Birdman, it, I think it made sense because it's this guy who's like trapped in his head with this other person. So it, I don't know. It feels very like Birdman was, was almost the entire point of Birdman was the one take. I think. I don't know. I liked it. I think Michael Keaton had a great performance in that I too. Haven't seen it. Oh, that's well, just I mean, the impression. Quit throwing out your your hot take opinions, John. I, that's my impression <laughs> of it. Is it seems like that was the entire point of the film. Like, it was their main selling point, really. But I guess nineteen seventeen it was too, and that's not the point of the film. So, yeah, I think with Birdman, it's mostly like the thing is that it's about like the ego of a a washed up actor, um, which is very interesting. So I don't feel like it was very gimmicky. Like, I feel like it had a lot of depth to it. Yeah. Um, but 1917, you, you have to watch it. Like, it's so good. Did you rent it or was it on something? Um, I watched it with my parents, so they rented it. Yeah, okay. So. That's the main thing. Um, I, if I don't see a movie in theaters, usually I don't get around to renting it unless it's like on a subscription service. Which is a bad habit because most of the good, really good films don't go on subscription services. So then I'm just yeah. not watching things. But it's kind of, you know, it's one of those things I'm going to have to relearn. I think there's one that we both rented recently because it was like 99 cents on Apple, which was a great deal. <laughs> Wait, where did you watch it? What? Midsummer. Oh, it's on Amazon Prime, dude. Oh, well, I got it for 99 cents on Apple because I don't have Amazon. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, no, it's on Amazon Prime. Um, it has been for a while now. It's been on my list, and I've been like putting it off. But, yeah. Um, I guess we should get into that. Yeah, we should talk about weird that. Weird movie. Oh, it was fantastic. It was so weird, but it was it was really good. I was really excited for it just because I I just watched um, Little Women, and I was like, oh, Florence Pugh is amazing. And then she's even better in the next one. And um, Jack Rayner's in it. I love him. He was amazing in uh, Sing Street. Like he, he's really good at being just like a supporting character that steals the show. Like that, he's so good. Is that her boyfriend? Yeah. 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 He's really good. Actually, they uh, were all good. I don't know what I'm saying. They were all really good. Will Poulter 
was so annoying, but I loved him. His character, his character was amazing and terrible, (laughs) but amazing. Like, absolutely. I guess we should probably give a spoiler warning here for Midsommar. Okay. I guess so. Yeah. You say it the pretentious way. I say it Midsommar because I've been reading it, but they say it Midsummer the whole time. So. Well, that's, well, Ari Aster says it Midsommar too. And I'm like, well, that's because he's Ari Aster and he's kind of pretentious, but he's a good director. So I'll, I'll let him. <laughs> he has the right to be pretentious and I don't. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. I listened to uh, the A24 podcast with him and Robert Edgers talking. And oh I was like, gosh. oh man, this is the most like oh, high that... concept, like film snob <laughs> conversation I've ever heard. <laughs> but like, I enjoy it. <laughs> I need to go listen to that right now. Did you see <laughs> The Lighthouse? Not yet, no. Oh, you have to. It's on Prime too. Cool. I know. <laughs> I, know. I just, it is. It is. Uh, oh my gosh. This movie is great for a number of reasons, but I think the main thing is it sprinkles like hints at what's going to happen all the way through the film. Oh, that that freaking tapestry. I know it was so was weird. Like, and then it happened. I was like, why did they show us that? That's messed up. And I was like, Oh, she's doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even realize that she was doing that until I read an article afterward that was like, Oh, you know, the tapestry. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Oh, you didn't notice his red lemonade. I did. That was, I did notice oh. it, but I had no idea what was going on. I was like, what did you, Oh, you why didn't know what that darker? was. I knew like the hair. I didn't. Re- I didn't realize it didn't occur to me with the drink. Like it just did. That not. was when he took a sip of that. I wanted to like gag. I was like, ugh. <laughs> I thought they were poisoning That's him. Oh no, no. And then I, it's I, much I, worse. <laughs> I saw the article later, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. They put it right in front of us. Yeah, and the bear. That's that's the thing is I knew that there was a bear in a cage because A24's marketing is fantastic. And one of the commercials for this movie was an advertisement for a bear in a cage. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, it, go look up A24 bear in a cage special. There was uh, just one moment in the movie where they're like, oh, what's going on with the bear? And the dude's just like, it's a bear. Yeah, that's one of my favorite <laughs> lines. We're just not going to talk about the bear in a cage. It's a bear. <laughs> um, should we do like a rundown of the plot for anyone who hasn't seen it and doesn't care to, I guess? Yeah, I mean, that's fair because it's one of those movies where you may just decide you don't want to see it, but you might want to know what happens. I can see that. See, I was kind of in that camp for a little while. I was like, ah, I'm not going to. But then I was like, okay, I have to. See, it was one of those <laughs> movies where I was like, when it was first like the trailers for it i was like i have to see this yeah and then as soon as i missed missed it in theaters i was like oh maybe i'll just look up the plot like like i did that with climax you know that movie looked weird that was (laughs) i've heard so many good reviews about it though that now i'm like oh i have to see it (laughs) i think it's on netflix yeah it's somewhere i just don't have the guts (laughs) to actually watch it Hi guys, John from the future here. Um, it's been brought to my attention that we did not actually give a spoiler warning for Midsommar. Uh, and we actually posted the episode without one. So, uh, my bad uh, to anyone who accidentally 
had something spoiled. Um, we apologize. Uh, spoilers from here. Uh, there's a note in the comments where they end. Uh, so yeah, if you don't want to be spoiled for Midsommar, uh, go ahead and skip to that. Thanks. I do know the whole plot of that one, though. <laughs> okay, but for this one, um, it starts with this, I guess she's mid-twenties yeah. young lady calling her boyfriend, freaking out about her sister who sent her a cryptic message like an hour ago and hasn't responded. And she's crazy upset because her sister's bipolar and she's afraid she's going to hurt herself. Um, that's kind of where it starts off. The way this movie starts, though, the scene right after that, it's so good. I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be. <laughs> it just plunges you straight into darkness. It it does yeah. not hold back. It directly pushes you into darkness. The it, second that... scene of the movie is her sister committing suicide and killing both her parents. <laughs> yeah, she straight up just like tapes hoses to the exhaust pipe of the car and puts them tapes them directly to her parents' mouths while, yeah. they, while they're sleeping and then does the same to herself. It's very dark. And so this, this girl is like completely alone and her boyfriend is a complete jerk. He is terrible. <laughs> but he's also in a very hard spot because in the first scene, we find out that he's considering breaking up with her and she's considering, she's wondering how long it's going to take before he proposes. So they're in a very weird relationship at that point. He also is like constantly like gaslighting her. There are all these things where like uh, later on uh, he forgets that it was her birthday. And then he's like explaining to her like, oh, why he didn't. I'm like, oh, this is just so weird. <laughs> like, because you don't hate this guy you just you're like he is a jerk but he's somewhat like he's you see why he is the interesting thing about this movie specifically is throughout the entire movie they give you reasons to hate everyone except for florence Pugh's character whose name i can't remember at the moment um yeah um it's a really really basic name i should know it off the top of my head i feel like it might have been Haley. is it Haley? no 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 well, yeah, but all of the the characters in their group of friends, they're just Danny. kind of the worst. Danny. Danny. I wouldn't have gotten that. Danny. I never, yeah. Danny's not that basic a name because I can't think of too many people aside. The only Danny I know is my Uncle Danny. It's short for Danielle. Well, yeah. So, but like, I don't know any people named Danny other yeah. than my uncle, obviously. Yeah, I don't know any Dannys. Anyway, that's her <laughs> name. You were saying something. <laughs> yeah, I got lost. <laughs> Sorry. Um, where were we? Oh, she's alone. Yeah. This dude wants to break up with her. Um, it's really awkward. They have this scene where they're at a party and he's like, I'm going to Sweden. She's like, oh, you're going to Sweden? <laughs> And they hadn't talked about it at all. And they're leaving in two weeks to go to Sweden for a month. Yeah. For a full yeah. on month. And nobody has told her. 
and her parents and her sister just died. And she's just like, it's obvious. He tries to play it off like he's not sure whether or not he's planning on going. When he's very clearly sure he's going. But then she makes it clear that she knows that he's going because he's already purchased his ticket. Which is a weird thing yeah. to be like, I don't know if I'm going or not, and have already purchased a ticket. and like, I rarely do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, she ends up going on the trip with them to Sweden, which is for this big festival and their Swedish friend's hometown, which they're like, oh, it's like a commune. It's like, yeah. So they all go, they fly to Sweden. Um, everyone in this group does not want her to be there except the Swedish dude who's like super pumped about it. I don't understand <laughs> that. I never, I never did figure out why, but he's like super, super excited that she's coming. Well, it's cause like later on you find out that the more oh, people yeah. that are there, oh, yeah. the less chance he has of dying. <laughs> well, and also he, he doesn't, this is getting into some of the later stuff, but he doesn't get um, automatically volunteered at the yeah. end because he brought people because she's the May Queen. Yeah. And he gets like a cool crown too. They're like, thanks for bringing us May Queen. You get some flowers on your head. And he's like, yeah, murder. <laughs> Another really weird thing about this is that it, it involves a lot of drug trips to the point where you start not being able to tell yeah, like, they're just constantly like, here, drink this. Yeah. And... <laughs> There's a lot of stuff where it's like, you think they may have drugged them, and that's why everything seems crazy. But you just don't know. Like, when she wears her May Queen queen flower, this is getting way ahead of the plot, but when, <laughs> when she wears her May Queen, like, crown with all the flowers, like, several of the flowers breathe. Oh, that was such a cool effect. So cool. And it was so subtle, like... I didn't notice it for a few seconds. And then I was like, is that flower like dilating like a pupil? <laughs> like, yeah. What? There were lots of cool, like little effects in this movie. Um, I would like to see like a VFX, like breakdown type thing of it. Um, Cause like when they first like got to that field and then like her feet started like melting with the grass. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. That was a really <laughs> cool shot. Especially since it like, it looked like it, pushed her skin it was like really kind of disturbing it was very interesting yeah there's also like a face uh, in some of the trees at one point yeah um so basically they get to sweden they meet a bunch of other folks um the main the swedish dude's brother is there and then the swedish dude's brother also brought some friends from england and they're all like we're gonna go to the village now some friends from england who do not have british accents yeah, they were probably the worst actors in the movie, but they were not very good. Yeah, no. It was weird though because I had Florence Pugh and <laughs> Will Poulter and Jack Rayner all playing Americans, and none of them are. Yeah, <laughs> and then <laughs> they had probably American people playing these British folks. I don't know who they were, but they did not have British accents, and it was very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so they, they go to the village they uh, trip drugs and everything on the way there she has a nervous breakdown passes out for a few hours um, she has a couple of weird dreams of her sister yeah. trying to kill her too I think Is that, I don't remember fully but like 
they involve her sister and her parents dying again, basically. So they make it there and is right off the bat, very cultish. Um, <laughs> that someone makes a Waco comment. They're like, I didn't realize we we're stopping by Waco on the way. <laughs> um, so I was like, I wonder how many people like got that. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's I don't it. know if that's like a big thing internationally. <laughs> Cause my friend, uh, Daniel in Ireland, it's like, this was like his favorite movie of last year. I was like, I should ask him if he got the Waco thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think, I don't think I heard that comment. Like you just said I, it I, and I, I get the reference, but I yeah. did not hear that comment in the movie. Yeah. It was Will Poulter. He, he said it um, right after they were talking about ticks. That was so funny. The thing about ticks, <laughs> <laughs> which I, is... I was watching and, it's just so full watching, of moments like that. That's all I was going to say. Yeah. I was watching an interview with Ari Aster and apparently he had like a big fear of getting bitten by ticks while they were filming it. So he was wearing like these like, uh, like cargo pants and like thick socks and hiking boots and everything. And like a crocodile Dundee hat or like a screen. Um, and so that was just like his fear of ticks. They're like, we should put it in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, they do, they do a lot of moments where they just have like a really random conversation that's like really interesting, but like completely unrelated to the plot that makes it feel real. It reminds, it reminded me a little bit of, um, like, uh, the old man and the gun, the way the dialogue works, where they'll go off on like these long tangents about like something that's seemingly unrelated to the plot, but it really builds the characters. Yeah, it feels very realistic. The dialogue feels like something people would actually talk about in real life. Yeah. And it's not always there to push the main story, but it always builds the characters, which is amazing. Yeah. I think that's like the goal when you're writing dialogue, to have it so that it's just like you learn more about that person from everything that they say. Yeah. This, this movie is fantastically written everybody feels like a real person yeah like even the smallest characters like their uh obligatory black friend um they have like their desires and you like know what their goals are and what they want throughout the movie yeah yeah he technically does not die first so he doesn't he's the actually one of the last ones Oh yeah, the, the the not British one. The not British British guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they get there. They have like this whole weird like ceremony where all the old people start toasting, um, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is really cool." They're like, <laughs> they go to this giant house where all of them sleep, which is so weird. Yeah, from the ages of of was it. I don't remember the youngest age, but until they're, was it 18 like or 32? Or it was like 32, right? Well, they, they leave for a little bit in the middle. Oh, that's right. When they're 18, they go to college overseas, right? Yeah. And then. And bring back people to murder. Yes. Well, but that's only every 90 <laughs> years. Oh, do they only do the murdering every 90 years? Yeah. That's the, the whole thing is like, we'll this see. is a special. Well, see, I was trying to figure out which parts of it are done every 90 years and which part of it is annual because they're like, oh, the 72-year-olds, we throw them off cliffs and kill them. That's every, that's every year. 
every time someone's okay. 72. That was, that's probably like the first, like, oh boy, this has gone horribly wrong moment. That That's one of the only inconsistencies I have with the movie, but we might get there later is the 90 years thing. It's very confusing. Yeah. So the next day, they all get up bright and early. There's this big fancy meal where there are old people coming from like a weird temple well, thing. Hold across. on, hold on. Oh. The first, they ask what's happening the next day. And then he tells them the name of whatever the thing is. But none of them know what that is. So it doesn't mean anything to them. Except the black dude. Except the he black knows. dude, Josh. His name is Josh. And he gets super excited, he which gets, is... And he asks, how real is it? And the guy goes, pretty real. So which makes you go, does he know? Because at some point he does say, it's all a big show. So it makes you think, does he know that it's real? Because he asked, how real is it? But did he? was he meaning... It's a show, but how real does it look? Or, like, how much does he know? What is he not letting on? Like, he doesn't warn them at all. Yeah, he's just like, you'll see. And he smiles across the bed, which is like... It's really creepy. The worst way you could react if you know some old people are going to commit suicide the next day and everyone's going to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you'll see. Like, they, they wake up and they go to this, like, big feast, basically. And, like, everybody follows these two elderly people at the end of the table. So, like, when they sit, everyone sits. When they eat, everyone eats. When they drink, everyone drinks, basically. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of that ceremony, they all follow them out to this cliff. And then they hurl themselves off the cliff, basically. And the old dude, there are two people, an old lady and an old man. Old lady goes first, dies right away. And everyone's like, oh no. And then they're like, oh, the old man's going to do it too. And they're all just standing there. Danny's like in shock. She's just like hyperventilating. The well, not the, British the people. The main cast of people are all just standing there. But the two not British people are like screaming and hollering, don't jump, don't jump. Which, they eventually try to leave because of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's insane they do not. to they me. They get killed. It's insane to me that not everyone tried to leave because of it. Yeah. That was like uh, the boyfriend, he comes up, he's like, you're all right. And she's like, yeah, that was just like a lot. And he's like, yeah, I know. And then they stay I'm like, whoa, that's <laughs> <laughs> well, specifically he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to do my paper here. But I think they did that actually really well where it did feel somewhat believable where they were like, how much can like we condemn them because like this is their culture and we have things in our culture that they might find weird. Yeah. And he, he does talk through that, which is, but it feels very, it's like, but how much? Yeah. I think that they're like really like pushing that envelope where they're like, can they, who knows? Maybe like, is it okay because it's their culture? I don't know, but yeah. Am I going to disrespect I, it? No. I feel like for the characters, it felt believable in the context of the movie. Not that it would necessarily happen that way in real life, but there was like, they made it feel like, okay, I, I think, didn't know why they did it. I think for Danny, it makes sense because she, she kind of seems, she seems scared. 
right off the bat after that. Mm -hmm. And she seems scared to leave, basically. Josh does not seem to care at all. (laughs) He was like, yeah, that's what they do. (laughs) He actually seems a little bit too excited about it, honestly. Will Poulter's character was not there, didn't show up. Yeah, and then he gets really mad about it. Yeah. (laughs) I think they tell him what happened, and he's upset that he missed it. Yeah, they tell him, and he's like, you let me sleep through that? And then Danny gets really (laughs) mad at him. And then he goes and pisses on their uh, ashes. Yeah, that happens. They kill him because of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we need to do a whole plot breakdown. There's no. like so much that happens. There's in this there's movie. too much to explain, and it, it's so confusing and crazy. We've already missed so many things because this movie, like I was saying, it's jam packed with stuff. Like it, intentionally, I think it feels like a fever dream. Oh yeah, like it's just. Well, that's the whole drug trip thing. There are so many yeah. drug trips that are explicitly drug trips with these people, and pills mm-hmm. that they hand them, and like drinks that they hand them that aren't specifically, but you pretty certain they are that it starts to feel like you never know what's real. But I think it did a really good job of building the entire movie where it's getting more and more intense the whole time. Like, I think it was like a very like stressful movie where they're like, oh boy, this is all just building and there's going to be like something that relieves everything. And that it's the final moment. I think it did such a good job of building to that final moment. Oh yeah. Oh, there's so, I don't even know. Can we skip to the final moment or do we need to talk about the like weird sex? I feel thing? like we need to. Yeah, I think we need to talk about that. Probably yeah. the most awkward scene of the entire movie. <laughs> what do I even say? Oh my gosh. I want you to explain it. I don't want to. Oh, okay. Um, so basically there's like the plot line and we were talking about this earlier. There's like, um, a tapestry that they see that tells this story of a young lady who courts a man and, um, yeah, it's a very strange courting process. Um, basically I don't want to say anything cause it's very awkward and I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Basically there. She puts some of her hairs from downstairs and his food. <laughs> yeah, and, and then she puts some period blood in his drink. And then Yeah. And then As they, you do when you like someone. Yeah, and then they, you know <laughs> make sweet, sweet love with a bunch they of get them, married. With with six or seven old ladies watching. Old ladies watching well, and matching all sorts of ladies. Matching her breathing. Which yeah. is very weird. And like hold it. So basically, there's a girl who's super into Danny's boyfriend who is about to break up with her anyway. Um, So she does what is done on the tapestry to Danny's boyfriend, and it puts him in a spell. And then they go and they make a baby. I don't think it's a spell. I think... He is not in his right mind. His eyes are so wide that entire scene. I think he's just gone insane. <laughs> it's um, very confusing. But yeah, it's supposed to be like a love potion, basically. And she like puts a love rune under his bed and whatnot. It, it, <laughs> Jack Rainer's face, that entire scene is so funny. He's <laughs> just like, what is happening? 
that's his face was basically my face. It was like I mean, it makes sense. I would. I can understand. <laughs> it was a very weird scene. Um, it was very uncomfortable. It's the only scene that makes me go, "Oh dear, why did I watch this movie?" Uh, but I but think it was unintended. It does lead to the climax of the movie. It does, yes. So um, while that's happening, they take Danny off because she's she won a dance contest and became their May yeah. queen. And so and she, have... <laughs> she has to go bless all of their their land, basically. They take her there in a carriage that's pulled by people, which is one of the funniest things ever. <laughs> they got four strange. people out front like, like horses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and basically she has a lovely time like doing like these rituals, basically. But like, you know, fun little dances little and dance. seances around their crops which is throw a stake in the ground with some eggs on it yeah it's very odd but you know that's one of those things where it's more likely to be a tradition that you'd expect where it's like okay whatever yeah like these people that still learn nordic runes probably do this yes that makes sense so then what happens immediately after jack rayner starts running around naked in the village the the girl who put the potion on him is like oh, i can feel the baby inside of me which is that was a weird moment it's a very strange moment also i'd like to say um that um she was of a questionable age yeah i think she was like she had just turned the age that where it was allowed in their culture but i'm not sure if it's allowed yeah, I, and I don't other cultures. I don't remember what age they said she was, but it was like a questionable thing. It may have been seventeen. I think that's what it was, possibly. I don't remember. I thought it was younger, but maybe the actor wasn't younger. Well, obviously, yeah, she was because that would have been illegal. No, but I mean, she didn't even look younger. It wasn't like they made her to yeah. look super young. Um. Oh, before this, uh, Will Poulter got killed by a lady who seduced him. Yeah. That was also for peeing on the ashes of their ancestors. That was also uh it was alluded to in something earlier on, but I don't remember what anymore, so Oh well yeah, like he was just missing for a day or so. Um No, I mean like like what happened to him was kind of shown in something in the background at some point. And I don't remember oh, where it was their Swedish friend gardening. Was it? That was another dead body. That's a different dead body. That's the first guy that wanted to go home. Okay. I, what I'm talking well, about is like, you know how the, the tapestry showed what was going to happen to Jack Rayner's character. Oh, yeah. There was something like that where they showed like, because um, he, basically they, they cut his face off. <laughs> this and movie. They, oh my gosh. It did a really good job of like, the entire time I was watching it, I was like, okay, okay. And I wasn't like thinking about how grotesque and like messed up it was the whole time. I was just like, well, well all right. Yeah. Like I didn't process it, you know? It's such a weird mixture of things going on that you just don't, you don't realize what's happening really. Oh, so, oh, oh, we forgot. Um, Danny walks in and like finds 
her boyfriend I don't forget. during I'm that say that that whole um impregnating process which is yeah. what they say is to keep their gene pool from getting too inbred <laughs> they bring in people from the outside to mate with basically they also do mention at another point sometimes we intentionally have incest that we can have like yeah, because the, the the person who they that like writes their book, which is ever being written like all the time, is specifically someone who is like inbred, super inbred, super inbred to have birth defects, which is very creepy, yeah, <laughs> and weird, uh, and morally yeah. questionable. <laughs> I think a lot of what they do is morally questionable. Uh, you, you think so? You think so? Uh, what do you? I think? might have a hunch, yeah. Uh. Um, <laughs> so, and uh, Josh is killed because he was uh, taking pictures of their book for his thesis paper. Yeah, well, yeah, he went in to take pictures, and then they killed him, and then they made up a story that someone stole one of the books. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> You see an arm in the garden at one point. One of the guys I getting married. I thought it was a foot. Was it a foot? Yeah. Because okay. I had like a tattoo on the ankle, I remember. After Danny sees them like uh, with her boyfriend, she goes off to cry. Um, that's a really interesting scene to me because oh, that was all the cool ladies scene. that she was with like gather around her and match her crying, like her breathing and tears and wailing. And they do it together in the same way that the ladies around like uh, her boyfriend were matching the breathing of the girl who was getting laid. There's lots of stuff done with breathing throughout the movie. Like they'll have like this little hiccup type thing at the beginning of meals and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And the, the flowers emulate yeah. the process of breathing. Yeah. There's a lot of things around breath. But that scene was really cool. Cause it's juxtaposed to the, um, Look at me using fancy words like juxtaposed. I'm wow. smart. I graduated high school. It's whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's there's a scene at the beginning where after her family has died, she's just sobbing, and her boyfriend's just kind of like sitting there, like kind of patting her, but like he's clearly not grieving with her. Yeah, yeah. So it's setting everything up throughout the movie. Like, their Swedish friend, whose name I forget. I don't remember any names in this movie, I to be honest. I liked his name, but I could not remember how to pronounce it the whole time. Every time it was said, I was like, oh, yeah, that's his name. Um, and it's not written the way it's said, so. I think it starts with an H. It's Heli or something? Uh, hold on. It's Peli. Yeah. Okay, I did remember a name. Look at me. Um, with a P. <clears throat> whoa but the whole time the, he's like saying oh we're like a family here and that's clearly what she's missing seeing as her family is all dead and her boyfriend's terrible to her and his friends all hate her um oh yeah we they kind of do this thing when whenever someone's like feeling a strong emotion they emulate that emotion with them. And they do that from the very first when the, the dude who jumps off the cliff doesn't die immediately and he's in serious pain. The whole group of people mm -hmm. writhe in pain with him until he's dead. Yeah. And all of that's done so well as the setup for the ending. Oh, yeah. So since she's the May Queen, 
they're having like this big sacrifice where they're killing a bunch of people in a burning barn, basically. Um, Although some and, of them are already dead. Yeah. They're burning lots of people, though, is the, is the key point there. And stuff. Uh, they stuffed them. Yeah. <laughs> they did lots of horrible things to them. The body in the in the shed, the chicken shed, was strung out. Yeah, they were. That was. They had gutted it and were drying it so that they could stuff it. Yeah. Um. So then, they're like, "Okay, we've killed a few of our own. We're gonna kill a few more. We've killed some uh, some other folks that were brought here by Heli, and the May Queen gets to choose one person to kill." And she has to choose between the last remaining uh, outsider and someone who is ordained through the drawing of a lot. So her boyfriend or some random Swedish person. And they don't show her choose, but then they show him being stuffed into a bear. (laughs) Yeah, they gut the bear and stick him inside it. And he's paralyzed. The bear that they set up so long ago where they're like, it's a bear. (laughs) He's paralyzed, mind you. He can't move or speak. So he's silent and just kind of watching everything. Yeah. And then... So basically she kills him for cheating on her and for being a horrible boyfriend. And and there's like this whole thing where it kind of seems like she starts to fall in love with Peli... The whole yeah, time. like a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I think it's just like, oh, this man's being nice to her. She doesn't know what that feels like. Uh, Pelly's brother is one of the people chosen because he brought people. He's automatically volunteered. Yeah. Um, they also set up something. So we, we should get to the point of what's happening with them, but then I'll talk about what they set up with it. So... I mean, I think we'd gotten there. Her boyfriend gets burned in a barn. She's watching and crying and screaming, and everyone in the village is screaming with her. Um, She is not screaming. She is deadpan. Oh, that's right. That's right. I was thinking of earlier. They're screaming. But everyone around her is screaming. They're screaming with the people in the barn, because there are two people in the barn who can still move and whatnot. And uh, Pelly's brother is one of them, and they're screaming and writhing around. So she's just watching. And then eventually, final shot, she grins, and it's it's so weird but perfect. Like it's there's no other way the movie could have ended. It was great. It's not even an evil grin either. It's like a true peace. Like she finally found peace yeah. somehow, which is very weird. It's kind of it's more offsetting than an evil grin to see someone yeah. find like true peace from that type of fucked up thing. Um Ari Aster described this as like a relationship movie, a breakup movie. It was like, it's a, a breakup movie with horrible couples therapy. <laughs> I think the, in one of the conversations that, that Pelly has with Danny in the barn, like when he's telling her that he thinks her boyfriend doesn't care about her and isn't, family for her that he's not there for her um he tries to relate to her and he's like my my parents they died when i was very young in a fire yeah 
that that sets up the whole fire thing. His parents died in a fire, which makes you think, did they die in that fire? That's where the inconsistency comes in for me, because that's the part that they're like, that happens like once every 90 years or whatever. Well, they don't explicitly say that it was that fire, which it would be a weird thing to set up if it's not. It's just a coincidence then. But like, it's not like actually an inconsistency. It might be. This movie has a lot of things where if it was any other movie, I think I'd be like, that's a setup that they never paid off. But in this movie, it's like, mm, it's good. We I don't think know. they did we pay no off idea. most of them. I think there were lots of like foreshadowing things throughout. Like I think the painting a lot of, of the, the bear things. in her apartment mm-hmm. where there's like a little girl in front of the bear. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that <laughs> works really well. Yeah. That's actually um, painted by a Swedish artist named John Bauer spelled exactly wow. like my name. Oh, did you see it in the credits or something? Uh, no, I already knew who he was. Oh, Wow. Okay, it's because you look up all the other John Bowers and you well, keep no, track I've, of them. I've tried to Google myself, like any sane human being has, and I the Googled only thing recently. that comes up is his stuff. I, I googled myself recently, and like tax evasion and fraud came up. They're like, there's a David <laughs> DeMai in South Carolina who was arrested recently. He's gone to prison. I'm like, oh. so what you're saying is you could go to a rich person jail? Yeah, I just got to steal this other guy's identity. Which he'd probably be fine with. He's in prison. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I think we should probably wrap up the midsummer thing now. But that, I think it was a good movie. I gave it five stars, I think. Yeah, I, th- I did too, I think. Um, I've been watching lots of stuff because i got nothing else to do. That's what these ones are going to be, just talking about movies, I guess. I was going to ask you, well, before we started recording, you were talking about trying to get your mouse connected, and you said you were playing a lot of games. What games are you playing? I'm playing lots of Minecraft with my friends in Ireland. <laughs> Listen, I'm not proud of it, but like, I don't, <laughs> it's fun. I'm enjoying myself, John. I got nothing else to be doing. No hate on Minecraft. I don't like it because it makes me dizzy, but that's about it. <laughs> you dizzy? Yeah, I can't, I can't watch her play Minecraft at all. It gives me a huge headache. Wow. Okay. That's weird. I think it's the low poly textures. Well, I, I really don't have much to say about Minecraft. It's something I've been doing. <laughs> oh, I just wondered. I thought maybe you had like a list of games you're playing, but that's fine. I've mostly no, uh, been doing nothing with my time. I've <laughs> been doing lots of solitaire. I've learned like three different new versions of solitaire. Like I learned Shamrock. I learned Pyramid. I learned Sea Towers. Good for you. I feel like my... <laughs> Um, uh, my reputation's just plummeting like (laughs) what a nerd (laughs) not that no one not that everyone didn't already think that um well something else i watched uh that i actually did get around to watching was um i finally got around to watching taxi driver for the first time ah i saw that you had seen it and i wanted to watch it before we did this but i i didn't have time i I was watching barry like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had time. I was just watching something else. Yeah, I need to. I need to watch that eventually too. Um, I I won't say anything about Taxi Driver that could like ruin it for you, but I will say, I don't know if you saw my review. I did mark it as spoilers because I did touch on some things that were spoilers. So I saw that, and I did not read it because of that because okay. I want to see it. 
Yeah, I would just say that all the people who compared Joker to it are absolutely wrong, and Joker is a way, way more thoughtful movie than Taxi Driver. Really? Way more thoughtful. Like Todd Phillips. Joker is a Joker is a more relatable and uh it's a character that I can actually feel for. I feel nothing for the taxi driver character. Huh. Bad writing. Something. This has nothing to do with taxi driver or anything that we've talked about really, other than that it is a movie, but I thought it was Okay. Basically. I was sitting in the living room of my house the other day and I saw in our VHS collection, we have a bunch of like Shirley Temple movies because Annabeth and Isabel used to watch those. Um, my sisters, I think everyone knows that in case yeah. someone else listens to this eventually. Um, and one of them that I had completely forgotten about until I was just really bored. I saw it there. And I was like, wait, what? Okay, there's a movie called The Littlest Rebel in which Shirley Temple plays the daughter of a Confederate soldier. (laughs) (laughs) What? Wait. This movie is not at all sympathetic to the Union. It is fully like, hang on. I haven't even gotten to the most shocking part of this movie, and you won't believe it. What? So, yeah, her dad goes off to war, and he's a Confederate captain. She lives in a plantation where her family owns slaves. And every soldier that, like, eventually, like, comes to take food from their plantation that's, like, from the Union, they're like, oh, we need this food because we're fighting to free people from slavery. They come to take the food, and they're portrayed as, like, evil villains. And I'm like... No, these people own a plantation. I don't mind if their food gets stolen. Um, They're just, like, horrible. So then one scene happens where Union Army shows up. They're going to take their food so that they can be on their way. Shirley Temple, her mom is like, we need to hide my daughter. So she's like, ah, I know what I'll do. I'll hide her with the slaves. And... They put Shirley Temple in, in blackface. blackface. No, no. That that's what I'm saying. It, it wasn't as shocking as you thought it would be. That <laughs> happened. What? And I had completely forgotten about this movie. And then I was just like, "Wait Why a second. Why do you have it? I don't know. I think we bought it, and like it was like a box set where there were like a whole bunch of Shirley Temple movies, and then this one was just included. Um, I didn't remember this, like. These are just things that Annabeth and Isabel would put on when we were little. Um, So then, like, my mom would probably just be like, oh, yeah, it's Shirley Temple. It's fine. It was not fine. (laughs) What in the world? I'm proud to say I've never seen a Shirley Temple movie in my life. They're not good. See, the thing is, she's not good at acting, singing, or dancing. And that's (laughs) – those are all the things she does. Yeah, when when my sister-in-law first started dating my brother, she made a reference to a Truly Temple song, probably one of the more famous ones, Animal Crackers in My Soup, at dinner oh, one yeah, night. That's... And I was like, what on earth are you talking about? That's disgusting. 
And she was like, it's Shirley Temple. And I was like, Shirley who? What? Yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to talk about that with someone else who hadn't seen this movie because it's insane. Yeah. No, that's what year was that made? Shirley Temple was um, in I can like, look it what, up. the the 40s, 60s? It was in the 20th century, which is too late, to be honest. <laughs> um, but then the thing is that there's another Shirley Temple movie called The Little Colonel, and okay. which it was 1935. That's more believable. That's before World War II. Well, see, the thing is, there's another movie called The Little Colonel, in which her dad is a soldier for the Union, and <laughs> She's staying with her grandpa, um, like after the Civil War has happened, and her grandpa was a colonel for the Confederates. Uh, but this is on her mom's side, so it's like two different sides of the family. But like after the war, and basically it's like, oh, the colonel was wrong, and it's like it's really weird because they're clearly playing both sides of this. Like they don't care about the issue at all. They just they're want just like, everyone's money. Yeah. Well, I just so like we, I just looked it we, up. The Little Rebel was written as a as a stage play in 1909. That makes a little bit more sense. So it shouldn't have happened. The movie but... was adapted in 1935. Uh, still not okay, but like it makes a little bit more sense as to how it happened, even though it shouldn't have happened. There's another Shirley Temple movie. We had like a bunch of these that they'd have on all the time, um, where. Shirley Temple is in like a a production of Uncle Tom's Cabin, but it's not like done tactfully. Like <laughs> black people don't come off well in Shirley Temple movies. I can't. They come imagine. off as really stupid. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, um, I don't know. I feel like we do a lot of uh, like cancel culture is a big thing. I think we should cancel people who are dead. Um, Honestly, specifically, yeah, a lot of people that are dead should be canceled. Like Shirley Temple, she no objectively one bad. Yeah, like um, another interesting one. I was reading a Wikipedia page on Dr. Seuss because I was like, I wonder what Dr. Seuss did that people don't know about. That could be interesting. He He's, seems like a, a he character, was a, a weird person. He directed an Oscar-winning documentary. He won Best Documentary Feature during World War II for a propaganda documentary that he directed. Yep. I had no idea Dr. Seuss was an Oscar-winning director. Um, Also, he was super in favor of Japanese internment. Like, during World War II, he was like, yeah, we need to lock all of them up. Yeah, he was a problematic person, but he phrased all of his problematic opinions in children's books uh, in such a way that you could twist them to be the opposite of what he meant um, because he made good points about what would happen if you followed his advice, um, and he was usually wrong. Well, see, the thing is he also did political cartoons. So Have you never if read you the look Butter Battle those, book? What? Have you never read the Butter Battle book? No. 
it's a Dr. Seuss book about the Cold War, but it's about one side that buttered their bread butter side up and one side that buttered their bread butter side down. That's just the thing from Gulliver's Travels about which way to crack an egg. I've never read that, but I have read the Butter Battle book. <clears throat> well, he ripped off Gulliver's Travels. So among his many flaw- flaws, I said that word weird, but I don't know why. Flaws. It's an easy word. Flaws. Flaws. Um, are that he's also guilty of plagiarism. Took me a long time to say that, but he's guilty of plagiarism. That was the point. It's about the Cold War. That was my point. It's a political comic, but for kids. Well, he also did like actual like political comics that are not meant for children too, which is weird because it has like the same art, but it's like, oh, this there's no rhyming. It seems all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They published some of Dr. Seuss's stuff that was never finished. Afterward, um, I don't know if you know who Jack Prelutsky is. No. He's a children's poet. He's not He's not as fun as Dr. Seuss, and he has a different style. He's more inappropriate, um, but he's less Ooh, problematic. Oh. Um, but still pretty problematic. Um, he finished one of Dr. Seuss's books and like wrote all the art for it. And uh, it's not good. It's Which one's very that? bad. Um, I don't remember what it's called. It's about a school. Um, let me look up Jack Prelutsky and Dr. Seuss. I feel like the best Dr. Seuss book, though, was super underrated. Bartholomew Cubbins and the 500 Hats. My, best one by far. My childhood right there. Mm-hmm. Everyone's always like, green eggs and ham, red, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. No, Bartholomew Cubbins. He was the dude. Him and all of his many hats and the people who tried to kill him because of his hats. That's a really good book. I, I think Dr. <laughs> Dr. Seuss has a lot of really good books, so I, I'm okay not canceling him even though he was a problematic person. No, I think we got to cancel Dr. Seuss and Shirley Temple because they were not great. <laughs> Okay, it's called Hooray for Diffin Doofer Day. I have never heard of that. It's a terrible book. Well, I think we've talked about a lot of stuff. Mostly midsummer, but then a few things tacked on at the end. This is a pretty good conversation. There are, there are a bunch of movies. We can talk for a little while longer. No one's stopping us. No one no one's controlling us. We're in control. Yeah. I feel like the character in Bandersnatch, where he's like, who's going to me? <laughs> <laughs> you were saying um, you watched a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I watched one last night that Bear is talking about. Um, I watched it with my dad. He was like, oh, you might like this movie. Um, it's a Frank Sinatra movie called The Manchurian Candidate. There was a remake of it with Denzel Washington a while ago. Oh, yeah. I know the name. The remake supposedly wasn't as good. It was a weird movie in that it did some really cool stuff, but like there were some other things where I was like, that's really cheesy. Um, there was, so basically the premise of it, there's a squad of guys in the Korean War. They get kidnapped by the Russian army, flown to this base, 
they get brainwashed, then they get sent back, and one of them wins a Medal of Honor for fighting off an entire brigade of Chinese soldiers, which he didn't do, but they've all been brainwashed to think that he did, that he saved them all, wins the Medal of Honor, goes and he works at like a, a, as a newspaper editor-in-chief. Um, all of the other guys, they start having like these nightmares where they're like remembering the brainwashing thing, where they're having a demonstration. And that dream sequence is so cool because it switches. They do a full rotation of the camera where at the beginning of it, it's all of the soldiers standing behind a lady in a garden talking about hydrangeas. And then the camera's doing one full rotation around the room. And halfway through, it's a fluid shot. It switches rooms entirely, and you don't notice entire, exactly where. And it's like this boardroom of uh, communist generals during the Korean War from like Russia, China, and North Korea. Um, and it's a demonstration of how the brainwashing has worked. So they're all seeing this garden, and then it switches halfway. And this movie was made in the 30s. It's so cool. Yeah, that sounds cool. And so, like, it keeps cutting throughout the scene, and you'll see the garden, the the demonstration. There'll be different characters saying the same lines as one person in that same spot. Um, It's really, like, trippy, um, really cool. And basically, the whole thing is this one dude, he has been made to be, like, the perfect, like, sleeper agent so that he can, like, kill people, and he won't have any memory of having done it. And his trigger is saying, uh, why don't you pass the time by playing solitaire? He sees the red, like, queen of diamonds, and then they can order him to, like, do whatever. Then after he's done it, he won't remember it. Um, this all sounds really familiar. I feel like I've seen a lot of these things in other films, but, like, not all of them at once, but, like, similar things. There was some really cool, like, artsy, like, direction with it where... There was one scene where there's this giant room, and on one side there's this dude yelling, and on the other side it's like a press conference at the White House. So, like, it's, I mean, the scene is a press conference at the White House, but the room's, like, really long, so that the way that they were able to show both of it at the same time is they'd film one side of the room, and there'd be, like, news monitors filming it, filming the press conference, but you'd see the monitor that's showing the other half of the room. So oh, you'd have... that's cool. Yeah. Um... There's a big twist in it. I don't know if I want to spoil it. I'll probably watch it at some point, so don't. Okay. There was some pretty racist stuff in this one, too. Um, Mostly against Asian people. Yeah, that's kind of... That doesn't go away. Yeah. (laughs) That's all I had to say. That just... It doesn't... (laughs) It hasn't yet, unfortunately. (laughs) I think it was a little more apparent in this movie. Uh, they call them Orientals at one point. And I was like, oh, that's... <laughs> yikes. That's a yikes for me. Uh, yeah. But there was some really cheesy stuff where, like, one dude, he gets shot. And it it's like he's holding a carton of milk. The milk starts spurting everywhere. And as he's falling, you see that it didn't. the bullet clearly did not go through the milk because there's no hole in him. But he dies. <laughs> I was like, that's so cheesy. Um, they had like the super like uh, quiet gunshot effects, but then like the person goes flying 
<laughs> yeah. It's Andrew always calls those uh, mouse farts. Yeah. Especially in newer action movies when they put a silencer on the gun and it goes... Well, it didn't even sound like a silencer. It just sounded like a cap gun. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in like really, even some really recent uh, action movies, when they put a silencer on a gun specifically, though, the, like, the sound effects don't even sound like a gun with a silencer. They sound like a mouse fart. It's like a little... <laughs> um, I don't know. There's some really cool stuff in there. But, like, I ended up giving it, like, a three-star review because, like, I was like, okay. It was doing some things that really, like, pushed the envelope for movies at the time. But it's aged. Yeah. Like, some of it does not hold up. And I was like, I asked my dad, I was like, so does, like, the remake, is it, like, really good? The one with Denzel Washington? Because, like, I was thinking this would be a movie that really benefits from a remake where the things that we can do now in movies would really, like, augment the story because it is a very good story yeah, yeah um and he was like no the remake was not good it was like <laughs> it's just like a mediocre movie yeah I was like okay yeah the one of the things i think that makes a movie like that so good is like what you were talking about with the effect that you liked with the spinning or whatever that's a really right. simple effect but it has a really really big impact on the scene and like mm -hmm. simple effects like that are really, really good, and they make a movie so much better. And I think one of the things about current cinema is there's a lot of unnecessary complicating of effects. Yeah. I think it, it must have been more complicated back then, though, like to seamlessly cut two rooms together when it was on film, it was in black and white, you know? Like, that can't have been easy for them. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I haven't seen it, so I have no idea. But if there's motion blur, it's probably not that hard. No, it's like a slow, like, steady shot. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's... They might have made a set if it's one side of the room is always one and the other side of the room is always the other. No, it, like, it... Well, okay, for that one shot it is, but then, like, later it's, like, cutting. So it might be that they had two sides of the room and then they'd rearrange it. Yeah. That's one of the things, though. It may have been complicated back then, but it's not now. That could mm -hmm. be done really easily, but I bet because it could be done really easily, people wouldn't do it. I, your recommendation, I've been watching those uh, Corridor Crew, like, breakdown visual effects. Oh, those are so I cool. watched their ones on Star Wars, which I found super interesting, because it's all done, like, yeah, practically it's, it's pretty much. Yeah, it's all practical stuff, yeah. Yeah. Are they... But, like, the whole exposures and stuff, I was like, this... Man, they must have... You can just like tell the passion that they had to like really want to make this movie good. Well, and that effect company, that effects company, is still around and still doing the majority of like big budget Disney movies. They're still there. Mm -hmm. The people that did Lord of the Rings back in the day, which was a mixture of uh, early CGI and um, practical effects of that type, they're still around doing all of the huge blockbusters. Like, yeah those people are the people that still do that because it's their creative like workarounds that make them able to do that stuff. It's not the, it's not the capabilities of the machines. It's really the people thinking through how to do something sincerely insane. 
which is why I, I'm not a very good effects artist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we should probably cut it off. I think we've gone like an hour and 15 or so. Hour, hour 20? Hour nine. Oh. Yeah. So. I was wrong, but... Yeah, we can we can cut it here. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, Good episode. Be, be, uh, boycott Doctor Seuss and Shirley Temple. They're horrible people. Let's let's cancel more dead people. Cancel dead people. Hashtag cancel dead people. With everybody staying at home and not causing drama, we need to cancel more dead people. Hashtag dead people are canceled. I think the idea now is just like cancel dead people instead of living people who don't need to be canceled because there are some of those. Yeah, cancel yeah. the living people who do need to be canceled, like the ones, the sex offenders mostly. Yeah, those ones. Cancel those. We can cancel them. Cancel. Yeah. The end. Bye.